Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Reductplus Cephala Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. But you, you guys already knew that. Uh, tonight, we are doing another uh, episode of The Brig. And uh, yeah, our little, uh, little, uh, little bonus series here. We have some, uh, some fun interviews for you guys. And uh, tonight, we have a very special guest. But before I introduce him, I would like to introduce to you my, my partner for the evening. My co-host on the show and on the show. Both. Both of those two things. Nintendo, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks. Thanks for asking. That's really nice of you to ask. I'm a nice um, guy, what I like, can I say? I, I, like, I like it when, uh, when people are nice guys. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, have, we have a super awesome guest tonight. Uh, this guy is a prolific freaking indie writer of comics, and now he has a brand new novel out. This guy has written uh, for many series. I, I'm just digging into his catalog. I, I had no idea. Cutthroat Comics is the company, and he's written for he, uh, he has three series right now you can buy on the website, which are uh, they're all uh, sci-fi superhero goodness. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, Stingray, which looks absolutely awesome. That's the one like I kind of gravitated towards. Ginger Avenger, and the very provocatively named. Pedo man and kid friendly. With us tonight is Josh Neelis. What's up, hey. Josh? How's it going? I've never been called prolific before, but I will take that all day. Take it, man. <laughs> take it and run with it. Cat, uh, Indeed. I mean, you can take it to the bank. I don't know if they'll cash that check, but you can. I uh, can give it a give it a whirl. Um. Yeah, man. Like you got some seriously stu- a good amount of stuff that you're doing, and this is you are just living the dream, doing it yourself. I'm on your website now. On your um, uh, the about you page, you have a you have a quote here. It says, "If you don't think you are, then you aren't." Mike. Yeah, that's uh on my little uh artist page there. I, I wanted everybody to have a quote. Most most of the guys didn't provide one, but I did, and. That's one I, I think about all the time. You know, if, if, you know, if you're questioning yourself and you don't think you're good enough, you don't think you're a good enough artist or writer, then you're not, you yeah. know, that's, that's just, that's, right. that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. You have a lot, you have a lot more notable works listed on this page than you are currently selling on the, the uh, comics page I notice here. So you have a ton of stuff going back to 2015. Yeah, that's that's when I started. Um, that's when I started this company because I own Cutthroat Comics as, as well. And uh, yeah, I've written seven books, and I think we're working on comic book number ten. I think something like that. And that's wow. just since 2015. So yeah, damn. That is, uh, I mean, I guess everybody can have a different definition if they want, but that's how I would define prolific. Yeah, I, I mean, I keep myself busy, that's for sure. I'm actually uh, twiddling my thumbs a little bit right now because uh, the new book, Hellscape, is done, and we're, we're working on the comic, but my part of the comic is kind of done, except for, uh, you know, they send me the, the artist sends me the pages, and I look at them and say yes or no, um, but I'm about to start my next kid's book, I think, here pretty soon because I'm, I'm getting a little antsy. Ah, yeah. So nice. So I've only mentioned the comics. You also, yes. Uh, so you have a, a kid, a children's book called Judy and her Judy and her blue cape. Yep. Correct. Yep. And uh, that's actually one of my better sellers too. And I've been putting all 
the sequel for a while, but I think I'm, I kind of have some ideas for it. I think I'm going to sit down and give it a shot, but this, this one will be called Judy and her big stupid bully. Okay. So it's nice. uh it'll be interesting. Hmm. Nice. I think I've got a good concept. You know, it's a kid's book. So you want them to, you know, you want the lessons to be very easy to grasp onto. Um, right. And obviously this being about bullying, you know, I'm going to approach that as best I can and, and hopefully kids will get something out of it when it's done. Yeah. Nice. Um, so what I find interesting, uh, you did mention your new novel, uh, which is, I believe your first novel, right? Hellscape. Uh, it would be the third, I guess. Okay. Um, so I had stuffed squirrels and porcelain angels was my first and then bereavement stuffed squirrels and porcelain angels bereavement was the follow-up to that. So those would each be a novel, uh, uh, but yeah. those were very different. Those are dark comedies about suicide. Um, the second one being the follow-up, you know, is it follows some other characters in the wake of what happened at the end of the first one. Mm -hmm. um, they're very topical in a sense, uh, specifically the second one with how that one turns out. Um, but they're, yeah, they're dark comedies. I think they're pretty funny. Some of the characters are very gross, very <laughs> awful people. <laughs> I mean, whether or not they're funny to other people, they're funny to you. And that, like that, if you're oh, not, yeah, they're definitely funny to me. If you're if you're writing comedy and you're not making yourself laugh, I think then you're a hundred percent not writing comedy. <laughs> like, yeah, right? I mean, just a little blurb from Bereavement, which is the second one. Uh, there's a guy that likes the main female character, and he's all gross and stuff. And she comes out of the bathroom where she was just washing her hands, but he thought she was in there sitting on the toilet. So he goes and licks the toilet seat just oh, just God. to have a taste of her. But it turns out she was just in there washing her hands. And before that, the nastier, disgusting guy was in there dropping a deuce and, and didn't flush and stuff. So he actually licked that dude's like butt sweat. Not oh, gross. So that's kind of <laughs> the stuff that goes down in, in that series. Nice. A lot of, oh my lot of God. licking of butt sweat if you're, uh, if you're into that yep. kind of stuff, guys. Straight off uh, the toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, There's no so, other way to get it, really. I mean, it's, that's the best way. Uh, to get the butt sweat? Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, you I don't mean, want it directly from it because then it's a little weird. You know, you're on your knees. And I mean, certainly not, without, you. certainly not without asking. I mean, right. I mean, if nothing and then and then she would know and then, you know. She's probably going to say no and you know, right. be screwed. Um, you know, make sure you ask before you get your butt sweat off other people, folks. If you're going to lick butt sweat, uh, Retro Doctopus podcast does not endorse uh, any of that you know, <laughs> that business. But um, but that's that's awesome, man. So um, yeah, you clearly have this sort of dark sense of humor that just comes through just by you know. Uh, now I I did get to read a, a couple the first couple chapters of uh, Hellscape. Um, which which wasn't funny, um, but the stuff that I see on your comic page, uh, I mean, clearly, I mean, pedo man and kid friendly. Can you just can you just explain yourself with this a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> what is, what I, is I this series about? People people give me uh, weird looks on that one all the time. So that one is, I mean, it's straight up just spoof. It's it's Mel Brooks all day. Um, nice. you know, it's, it's scary movie that, I mean, it's that kind of thing. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So pedal man is like, uh, <clears throat> he was kidnapped by a scientist when he was a kid and injected with the DNA of all these teen pop stars like Corey Feldman and Michael Jackson, uh, Ralph Macchio, 
Ultimate Warrior. I'm trying to remember who else was in there. You know, but yeah, he was injected with their DNA so that the scientists could make the ultimate team pop star. Well, uh, lightning scares the scientist and he dumps too much Gary glitter in there. So the guy turns out looking like a pedophile. Uh, (laughs) So, but much like, uh, much like Shazam, Uh you know, he, much like, yeah, like, so like Shazam and the Hulk, he has to turn into Pedal Man because he's just a normal guy normally. But so he has to say Ralph Macchio. That's his like, like Shazam word. I was going to say Shazam, Man. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and then he's got, he's got his little sidekick, Kid Friendly, who's actually extremely intelligent. And he can, one of his powers is he can see farts. Um, so when they're <laughs> fighting, he always calls out the villain like you just farted. Uh, but he wears a little sailor outfit because he's mm-hmm. adorable. And uh, it's it's a riot, you know. Pedal Man pretty much speaks in movie quotes now, uh-huh. as as the character has evolved. I mean, it's pretty much, you know, in, <clears throat> I'm writing uh, Turkey Sharks number one, which is my Avengers style book, and uh, so yeah, he he starts off by saying like, "Let's myrtleize them from Three Ninjas and stuff like that." So it's it's funny. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was gonna, I, I was actually gonna say like, I I love the. Uh, the references in the uh, in the artwork to the, yes. these books. You got the the Batman and the TMNT. Yep. Yeah. The the first one's uh is it is it a Tom Cruise movie? Like I can't. It's a risky it. business. Risky business. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that specific series, every cover is a movie co- uh, movie poster spoof. Um, and I remember when we sat sat out to do it. Like I said, it's a spoof comic book. So yeah, I yeah. knew that's what I wanted to do, and and risky business. When I saw the poster of that, I was like, "That's the one. Like, <laughs> that's number one right there." And nice. then I love uh, what is it, Mask of the Phantasm? We did yes, that number two. Yes. And actually, on his cape, you can't quite see it. You have to really look at it. But it says "Made in China." There's a little tag. <laughs> um, nice. And then, of course, yeah, the tur- turtles one for issue three is I I love that one. We actually have a couple variants in our store of that one. So if anybody loves turtles everything turtles you should get mm-hmm. all three variants we still have some left in our store nice very cool very cool um and uh i mean you know we don't have to spend the whole time talking about your comics if you don't want to although we can but i know you want to talk hellscape i just want to ask you about uh stingray stingray is like i said the one that's kind of uh drawing my eye of of all these series i love monsters and sci-fi stuff this looks very uh very interesting uh stuff right here uh like i love the art um yeah i really love the art um especially that monster on on issue two this like split jawed sort of lizard bug thing i can't i don't know what he is but he's he's fighting a squirrel uh oh yeah uh so so actually that cover was done by uh matt horick who's the current artist on i think punisher from marvel i think that's what he's doing now he was doing Spider-Man Deadpool. He, maybe he's still doing that too. I'm not really sure. So I got a, kind of a big name to do that cover. Um, but yeah, so that's Buddy the Super Squirrel, and he's one of my main characters. And uh, he's named after a squirrel that my grandpa had as a pet when I was a kid. Uh, kind of an homage to him. But uh, the other character is, uh, her name is Mark, but she was brainwashed into being Shul Manu, which is like named after some ancient God that I found on the internet somewhere. I don't remember. Uh, But uh, yeah, she was a hero. Then she was brainwashed and then she was bad. I mean, typical comic stuff, Mm -hmm. but uh, Stingray's very adult. It's got some gore in it. You know, there's fighting and 
arms getting cut off and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually created Stingray in sixth grade for a contest. So when I grew up to do comics as an adult, that's where I started. I was like, that's where I'm going to start right there and uh, see what happens. So nice, that's, that's nice. what we did. Yeah. Nice. So he does, he does have that Star Lord aesthetic, but that was, uh, that's just coincidence because you've had this guy forever? Um, sort of. So, I mean, I. Yeah, Star Lord yeah. looked pretty different in the comics than he ended up looking, you know, in the movie. Yeah, I think this book actually came out before the movie, the Guardian mm-hmm. of the Galaxy movie, at least. Um, but maybe he gets a new suit in the next book. I don't know. Oh, maybe, perhaps. You guys will have to uh, to buy issue number four and, of course, the first three. Well, yeah, this will be uh, all three of these books are done for now. I, I may go back to them, but right now it's going to go into Turkey Sharks. Um, so issue one, two, and three of all these series and then Turkey Sharks number one is where it picks off. It's kind of my Infinity War in-game kind of thing. Turkey Sharks. I love <laughs> these names. are just <laughs> awesome. Uh, I mean, it makes me think of Tiger Sharks. Uh, but that's a classic uh, yes. cartoon. Yep, a little bit. A little bit. That's, that's <laughs> one of my favorites too. Very underrated. Um, I wish I could find it on DVD. You can't find. Yeah, it, it doesn't exist. I think uh, I just looked the other uh, day again. Yeah, you cannot uh, cannot find Tiger Sharks. They've never released it, but we can get there. Uh, so, uh, also just really brief. I look at the covers of uh, of of Ginger Avenger, and I can tell I can tell who would play him in the movie because it's clearly uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, see, that's a new one. I haven't heard that one. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the artist knows. <laughs> yeah, so I, I give him like visual cues and I didn't give him Fassbender, but maybe that's who he's based off of. I don't know what he was kind of thinking. In that first issue, uh, I would I would be shocked if that was not his uh, his basis. Uh, he looks, I, looks awesome, though. I'd love to have him. You're hired. Yeah. Michael Fassbender, if you ever hear this, get a hold of me. We'll do it. <laughs> do you uh, do you look good in uh, in red hair, sir? Of course yeah. you do. God yeah. damn it. Um, so <laughs> let's chat about your new novel, Hellscape. Okay, sounds good. Uh, very cool. Very interesting uh, in my mind. Like this is just as a quick aside. Um, so you know, I'm I'm also uh, you may may not know. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm also an author. I have. I know a lot of authors. I've, you know, been in this world for a little while and a lot of people, if they're going to publish something like hellscape, if they have a book called hellscape and it's a serious book and then they want to write children's books, a lot of people would say it's not a great idea to do that under the same name, the same pen name. Uh, You clearly are unafraid of that. Uh, Everything's on one website. It's all cut through comics. It's all using your, your actual name. Um, is this something that you thought about or you just, you know, don't give a crap. It's, you know, accept me as I am. I, I do it all. Or were you concerned about this when you, uh, when you first did the children's book? Um, no. Yeah. You know, and I know a lot of people do do that. Um, and I get it because, you know, Stephen King's known for being, you know, Mr. Scary Bookman. Yeah. you know, and Mr. I'm sure scary I, I he's written a lot man. of different things. Yes. Mr. Scary Book Man. Yes. That's his new Twitter handle. Yep. Um, but, you know, if you're a good writer and people like your work, they're not going to care, you know, who it's for. Or, or they might go, oh, man, I love that writer and he's written a children's book. I'm going to get it for my niece or nephew. Um, and for me, my last name, I, there's never been a famous one that I know of. So mm-hmm. for me, 
if I, I want to be the first, the first one, I guess. So yeah, no, yeah. it never even really crossed my mind to have to do a pen name. I, I, I actually know a few people too that do that. And it's, I mean, I get it. I guess if, if you were to break big and you want to keep your privacy, I suppose, but I don't know. It's not for me. Well, it's also a matter of like, if somebody is, uh, if a parent is, you know, they heard about your book and they're like, oh, I, I heard this. I, my, my kid read this at school. They, they brought it home from the library. This is great. They loved it. They want to see what else this author did. And then they look you up and it's like, oh, oh, this is just, this is weird. This is, you know, so I think that that is, um, that is something that people consider. Um, but you know, it is also not black or white. I mean, Neil Gaiman does anything Neil Gaiman wants to do. Right. He can write, you know, fantasy, horror, comedy, comic books. And then he writes tons of children's books, like tons. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it can work. It absolutely can work. Um, like this is something I, like I have thought about this. Like if I wanted to do stuff that was even YA stuff, I've considered, uh, cause I primarily write like horror and I just, uh, just did like a dark fantasy novel and it's all for adults. So I've, I've actually considered like, Oh gee, what would I do? And I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what I would do. Yeah. Um, I just recently on our website, I put, uh, at least on the comics, I think I put PG, PG 13 R next to them just so people yeah. kind of know. Um, and at cons and stuff, you know, when kids approach my table, I will straight up, you know, spend, I, I take a guess at their age, you know, and I go, okay, this is for you. And this is for you these are not don't look at those <laughs> or, right. if, they, or yeah. if they reach and surprisingly pedal man would be the one obviously that people would freak out about but it's actually very timid i think there's only like one curse word between the three books or something like that hmm. um it's actually like it could probably pass as pg without the name but <laughs> I, so i, I right. count it pg 13 so it's it's very misleading but that's the joke of it the whole hmm. thing is very misleading even his name you know because he right. he uh, he's just an idiot. He named himself that because he's a moron and didn't realize what he was saying. So, um, <laughs> that's great. The people that read that book really love it. I can I can tell you that for sure. People, I get it all the time when people read it. They're like, "This is amazing. Keep writing that one." So nice, very very cool. Okay, so back to Hellscape. Sorry. <clears throat> okay, uh, so Hellscape is your new novel. Uh, this is, uh, to me, uh, I don't know how you would ca categorize this. To me, it felt like, uh, urban fantasy is kind of like where I'm going first. And then, and then there was a, a mention of like a war that happened and it's been 400 years. So now I'm thinking like, Oh, there's going to be like post-apocalyptic sort of setting, like just as a general, like what, what would you say about hellscape? What's, what's the genre here? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been able to quite put my thumb on exactly what it is. I mean, cause it's a little bit of a lot of things. I keep mm -hmm. saying that. Uh, cause JB was saying he thought it was kind of horror. And I was like, okay, after I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I guess it kind of a little bit is like certain parts of it. Um, I mean, it's, it's post-apocalyptic romance fantasy horror is what I keep kind of telling people, I guess, cause it's just a little bit of everything, but, uh, it's, it's not a comedy. And for me, that's, that's definitely different. Cause a lot of my stuff is at least humorous in some way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there is a character that's kind of the comic relief a little bit, 
but for the most part, it's a very serious book. And it's one of those books where I hope at least after I read it the last time before it went to print, I find my, found myself thinking about the book uh, in terms of like metaphor and why characters said this. And then it turned out that this happened after that, like one of those books where it's, there's a lot of twists and turns and you, you find yourself a couple weeks later going, Oh, I wonder if that's what that meant, you know? And, and Oh, because they said this, then this happened in the end. And maybe that's, you know, so it's, it's one of those books that I'm hoping they'll talk about in high school, you know, and the teacher will be like, okay, so when this character said, you know, this is going to happen, what did he mean? Yeah. That's what I'm hoping happens with this book. And that's the type of book I wanted to write something very deep, very thought out. Um, lots of metaphor, lots of uh, learning. Uh, kind of the theme of the book is change. So okay. each, each character definitely has a change. Um, some of them embrace it. Some of them don't. Um, and that's kind of what I was going for with it. Nice. I mean, I think that, um, you know, any good, any good novel, uh, especially, you know, uh, spec fiction, especially, I think, but like, you know, if, if you want to, you want to tell a story, that's great. But if you describe everything to its final conclusion, every possible thing is laid out, laid bare. Um, I think that, I think things like that tend to be forgettable and it only becomes memorable if you're forcing the reader to meet you halfway. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you are posing sections of the book that are up to, or you're leaving them up to interpretation, um, and hopefully the reader is doing what you're saying and they're engaged and they're thinking about it and they're wondering about it. And maybe days later, they're like, oh, you know, like you're saying that that is a that's a really good goal, I think. And that's certainly what I try to do as well. Um, I think I think to engage the reader as much as humanly possible and make them think about something like sometimes I'll, I'll stop myself from writing the end of a sentence and force them to fill in that gap. Sometimes it's a word. Sometimes it's half a sentence. And if you've done it correctly and you've done it well, uh, then they're able to do that. And uh, that's definitely uh, so to hear you say that is is awesome. You know, that's like my one of my favorite, favorite things. Um, I want to be that engaged. If if I'm sitting there reading or listening to an audiobook or whatever, and every single bit of everything is just being piled on. And, you know, it, it's just, it, even if it's a good story, it can, it can go from a good story to it was fine. And I'll never think about it ever again because I didn't need to. Right. And, you know, and sometimes you do kind of write yourself into a corner, which, which happens, but you don't want to write yourself into too many corners. You want to leave those open you want to leave those doors open where the reader can go okay i wonder if it's going to go this way or if it's going to go that way or if this character is going to do this um i i describe this book a lot like harry potter and lord of the rings not that the the subject matter is the same because it's totally not but it's very big in scope like there's a lot of wheels turning uh, there's a lot of world building in this in this first book and uh, there's a lot of places I can go with the sequel if this book sells well enough and there's a demand for it. Hmm. Right. So how long did it take you to write this? Because this is a 300-page book. Um, uh, I, it might be different in actual print, but the... Yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
84,000 words, I think, somewhere around, okay. somewhere, give or take. This one took a long time. So my first book, uh, Stuff Squirrels and Porcelain Angels, I did that in 10 months. I think the sequel took me about a year because uh, it was a little tougher to write because uh, that's more of a, you know, jokey book, I guess. It was mostly jokes and, you know, it's, it's a good book and all that too, but it's not as deep. It's not mm -hmm. as well thought out as this was. This took me... And I took some breaks in there to work on comics, but pretty close to two years. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think the the main concept I had maybe like five years ago. So it's it's mm. been a long time coming. And I mean, sometimes that's the best, you know. Like if if an idea gets to percolate, and uh, you know, it, I I've thought that myself writing something that was in my head for a really long time. I've thought this many times that like if I had written this five years ago it would not be the same book it is today and it would not be as good. Right. Well, and, and this book too. So stuff and porcelain angels sold really well. And I, there was a demand for the sequel. So I was like, all right, I got more story I can write. I found myself by the end of that book. I mean, really stretching to find content. Um, and this one was not like that at all. Like I, I mean, it's 84,000 words. The other two books are like 50,000. So it's considerably longer. Mm. Um, I was not short on story for this one. And, and that was a pleasant surprise as well. Nice. That's awesome. Well, you know, I certainly uh, hope it sells well for you. Um, I certainly enjoyed what I, what I got to read. Uh, mm -hmm. I got to read the first, uh, the first chapter anyway and, and there's a prologue uh so we, we kind of talked about this off off air and and you were kind of like on the fence i'm gonna put you on the spot do you want to do uh, any reading of this maybe perhaps uh you don't have to yeah i think it's it's pretty long you know the first chapter would take i don't even know how long it takes to read it i don't, I don't know how many pages it is but yeah i mean if i had an excerpt that i was like that's the that's the good part that will catch people. There is a, there is one, but I don't even know where it's at in the book. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to find <laughs> it real quick. There's a part where the main uh, villain, um, he has this kind of a knife that he treasures because of its history with him. And he's kind of st like standing in front of a fireplace, like rubbing it on his skin, all weird and creepy like. And it's I think that's a defining moment for that character because you get to see who he is when he's by himself and stuff. So that would be the uh, part I would read, but I have no idea where that's at, even in the book. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, there was a line I really liked in the prologue, and I was just I was just trying to find it. It's not a very long prologue. Where, where is the line? Uh, I think the prologue sets up the book pretty well. I think. Well, what I liked was what it. I liked too is that you you wrote the and i like it when books do this you wrote the prologue in a different style than the body of the the book mm -hmm. it's 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 not as literal it's it's you tr you know you're you're trying to be poetic and you know you're you're you know this is this is a different language than the rest of the book and i i i like that i like it when prologues kind of feel magical and you're talking about magic and you're talking about the world in in very abstract terms and um uh, I, yeah, I, I wanted the reader to read that and go, okay, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I getting myself into? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's like, you know, my favorite, my favorite prologue ever in the history of ever is, um, uh, the, the, the single sentence that 
is read by the narrator at the beginning of the dark crystal, which is just, uh, some, I'm going to screw it up. It's only one line, but it's like, uh, it was the age of wonder. You know, it says another world, another time in the age of wonder. And that's it. That is all you need. Right. And you're like instantly there. You're like, okay, I'm not going to worry about the time. I'm not going to worry about the world. It's the age of wonder. I know there's magic and shit. <laughs> there's like that. That is all I need. I am. I am on board. So like, yeah, that's uh, this is this is about uh, three pages. Uh, no, no, it's just page it's like and two a half. pages. Yeah. yeah, page and a half. Yeah, yeah. So it really felt like that to me. That's like uh, what what it reminded me of was that idea that's of good. just you know. That's what I was going for. I think yeah, something cool. similar to that. Do you want to talk about the story at all? Like what the, the just you know the the basic beats, the basics, the hero's journey type of thing. Like who who do we meet in this book? Who's who's yeah. our uh, who's our hero? I don't even know if I would consider the main character the hero. Really, it's hmm. such a and maybe he is, maybe he's not. I guess. Um, so it's it's you'll a, have to write the sequel to find out. Maybe if people buy it. <laughs> All those people listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, All those retroids. You hear that, retroids? It's yep. all on you. So the, the, the original concept for this book came from a dream I had uh, about sex with uh, some people I know. Um, and I wondered if the way I was seeing them naked in my dream, if that's what they really looked like in real life. Um, and then I had also, I think I was watching like ancient aliens and they talked about the Akashic record where all knowledge is stored. So, and, and they claim that like people like Einstein and Newton can tap into that and that's where they got their grand ideas. Um, so I kind of blended those two ideas together where this, the original concept was going to be like 50 shades of gray kind of, even though I haven't read that, but what I think that movie is about in books, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he was going to be going into dreams and just having sex with girls, you know, and and that's in there. But it totally became this this whole post-apocalyptic 400 years in the future. Mankind is almost gone. There's a, a dictator and some love triangles. Um, and basically the Akashic record, it's just referred to as the record in the book, Um it's almost a life form of its own where it has these people that it selects to manipulate the population into doing what it decides is best for mankind. Uh, so there's, there's this guy, he goes into people's dreams and he will reignite romances when needed, or he will uh, solve a problem of, you know, somebody sold a faulty piece of equipment to somebody. They'll, he'll iron out all that, whatever the record tells him. And he does that because all those wives tales about how, you know, your palm itches when you're going to get money or there's a ringing in your ear when people are talking about you. He knows how to tap into that and that can guide him to his uh, like Mark, like the person he needs to talk to on that specific day. So then he'll go back to where they stay and he'll go to sleep and jump into their dream and do what he needs to do to keep mankind kind of static keep mm. going in the right direction oh so he's a shepherd mm. he's a he's a, a, a what was that 80s movie dreamscape he's a dreamscaping dreamscape. uh shepherd he's just calling the flock 
directing them over here? Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no and yes. I've not seen that movie. Somebody else mentioned that too. I don't think I've heard of it, I think, but I don't know that I've ever seen it. Oh, uh, there's a fun snake monster in it. Uh, I don't know if there's a fun snake monster in Hellscape, but uh, uh, there is not. <laughs> there is not. <laughs> I found the as you were speaking. I, I found the the line I, I just really liked from the prologue. It's it's it kind of needs context, but in, a, in in another way, it sort of doesn't because every line in in this prologue is kind of a puzzle anyway. Yes, but I just really liked this uh, this one line. It, it says. <clears throat> Only a few are given the keys to unlocking everything that has ever and will ever, including that which has never and will never. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, kind of sums it up a little bit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a mystery wrapped in an enigma or whatever that, that saying is. Wrapped in a fortune cookie, covered in tar, uh, chocolate, icing, uh, Cherry, I don't know. I've I've strayed too far from the analogy. Um, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man. I mean, you know, I think it sounds awesome. I enjoyed what I read. Uh, I hope people will check this out. So, when is this? You said it's uh, it's going to be a comic as well. You said. Uh, no, not this one. Oh, no. not this one. Oh, okay. That was another comic that you're sim- simultaneously waiting on pages for. Oh yeah, that's Turkey Sharks number one. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Which, which that'll be our first Kickstarter. I've never done a Kickstarter, but we're gonna we're gonna give give one a shot here and see how it works out. So, I've got uh, two. I don't know if I'd call them up and coming. Maybe they're already where they they want to be. But I've got two really great cover artists doing some variants for it. So I'm really excited about that. Nice. Uh, one of them has worked for Scout. Uh, and the other one has worked for Source Point Press. I'm sure they've worked for other companies. I don't know their, I don't have their resumes in front of me. I just know that they're very talented. So I'm excited about that. Cool. Yeah, nice. Source Point Press is cool. I know, uh, I know uh, uh, some of those guys over over there. I was on a panel with um, a couple of those guys. Um, ben Ben Goldsmith writes for them. Uh, mm, I, know, I don't know that guy. I know Ben. His 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 comic is uh, is pretty cool. It's the uh, oh shit! Now I, I'm I, I put myself on the spot needlessly, and now I can't remember the title. It's uh, the Seance Room. There we go. Thank God. Okay. Anyway, <clears throat> shout out to Ben and shout out to JB of uh, from Tales from the Podcast. Uh, we mentioned him just briefly earlier, but I just wanted to give him a proper shout out in case he's listening. Um, but yeah, uh, so no no comic adaptation plan just yet but when is this when is uh, hellscape gonna hit when when will people be able to, to actually buy this uh physical copies are available now through cutthroatcomics.com um as of right now i think that's gonna be the only place i allow physical copies um the place where they distribute around the world and all that the physical forms they've some things and i'm not too happy with it so i may switch but Right now, it's just cutthroatcomics.com, click store, and Hellscape is, is right there. Uh, the ebook is finally getting around to all the websites. Um, it's on Barnes and Noble. There's another one called like Scrib or something like mm-hmm. that. Yep. Um, it's on there. Um, I've got, e- I've, I've been emailing this company for two months now or however long this book has been out, and, and they're just, dragging their feet getting this done so mm. um but it's it's getting out there so 
Um, yeah, digital copies off Barnes and Noble is probably the most popular place to get that right now. Cool. Yeah, I had gone to, so in case anybody else runs into this, uh, you just said store, but I was on the novels page and there, there is a clickable, you can purchase other stuff, I believe, right? Uh, from the novels page, but that one you could. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I was thinking it wasn't out yet. But uh, so, yeah, so what you got to do is go to store and I see yeah. it now. And uh, you did just say that. But just to reiterate and clarify in case anybody uh, goes to the wrong section of the website and goes, hey, what the heck? I wanted to buy this and I see no buy button. It's because you're not in the store, people. <laughs> they got a lot of fun stuff. I got a nightlight in the store and everything. I mean, come on. Who has a nightlight in their store? You know, for comic books. I mean, who else Marvel. has a who else has shirts that say "Cutthroat Comics"? The shirt, the T-shirt. I mean, those, yeah, those are almost gone. You. Those are almost gone too. Once those are gone, I'm not getting any more. So those, those would be discontinued as soon as they're sold out. So get one. They're you, they're really nice, actually. Fifty nice. fifty blend, tagless. I mean, we don't cool. play around. We do it right. Nice. Uh, so when are we gonna see Cutthroat Comics? The flamethrower is that coming? <laughs> I'll have to get a hold of Elon Musk for that. I hear. <laughs> well, I, I'm I totally picked up on that. So, do, do you that, do, do you plan on having like different design T-shirts? Uh, as of after right these now, are gone. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, no. They're just they're they don't sell as well as I thought they would. Um, and it's it's hard to keep the sizes in stock. Oh, uh, yeah. So if they were selling, you know, quick or something then yeah i probably would do more t-shirts but right now it's it's just it's a pain <laughs> right right and those t-shirts are short dough too 8.99 each yeah they're just kind of yeah, good price i think they used to be like 15 dollars. i got them discount i'm trying to get rid of them yeah i think i've only got i've got a couple some larges left and maybe like one medium or something that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're they're nice. They're uh, two different blues. You don't see a lot of blue T-shirts. It's always black. Everybody's got black, so it's uh, yeah. it's nice. I think that uh, a lot of people have uh, jumped on that bandwagon. I certainly am on the bandwagon of Jesus Christ. I do not need another black T-shirt, but yet I see one and buy it. But um, I yeah. <laughs> endeavor to buy less black T-shirts <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want want to buy a shirt like right now, but don't have an extra large oh well oh yeah Time was yeah I had, a, I had a couple people that wanted like bigger shirts but they charge extra for that I'm like yeah like, yeah it's like anything x after a double extra large or something that's like mm -hmm. insanely more expensive yeah so i wear a medium in in those shirts and i i weigh i i did weigh 170 i'm down to 150 now so 150 to 170 you could wear a medium so a large would be above that I'm way above that. <laughs> oh, he's, he's way above that. I'm way above that. <laughs> so there's no helping you. He can't help no, you. Man. I like I do like the nightlight. I actually have another uh I've have, I have that exact style light. I didn't know you could uh print out your own custom like top for it. Yeah, my cousin, she she does all these knickknacks and stuff like that and um so she she made those. They're they're pretty cool. I I think they're sweet. It's I got like sixteen different too. colors on it, and it's. Yeah. Uh, it's I fancy. have the exact base. Yeah. It, it's the exact exact thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just my my acrylic top is a uh, triceratops skull, um, but nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, it's just it's just, you know triceratops is my favorite animal, so uh, it's just my thing. But uh, <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Uh, I would love to have 
have lights like that for Redoctopus. That there that that is cool as hell. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, let me know. I can plug you into her. Yeah, I I, I think we can do that. I, I seriously would love to. I'd love to do that. Yeah, That'd be yeah, cool. they're really really cool. Yeah, it'd be fun prize too. Um, get some made for us and just uh just kind of have them as prizes for the show. We haven't actually done a done a giveaway in a while. Um, we should we should get on that. Uh, but yeah, so awesome. I, I mean that that sounds that sounds awesome, dude. You do some amazing looking stuff. Uh, I definitely want to check out some of your some some more of your comics. Excuse me, my my voice is just not not here tonight. I'm trying to push through it. Um, <clears throat> but like uh, I love I love the fact that you're blending all these genres with this your own your own uh, brand of dark comedy. It's like you know you it's clearly very edgy. You have your own specific type of humor, and uh, and I. I I love it. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just awesome stuff. Um, so I, I appreciate that. <laughs> everything, everything on here is, is very unique looking. I mean, even if it reminds me of something else, it's like, it's clearly, you know, there's parody and I love parody so much. Yeah. Uh, and, and just the fact that you're able to have this many worlds going at the same time is, is really impressive when, you know, people re- I don't, you know, hopefully people realize in general Obviously, they will if they're listening to this. But you're the guy. You're the mastermind. You're writing all of this. Mm-hmm. So that's that well, is. And I would nothing. say maybe it's all the same world. Oh, so this is the is there a, is there going to be a, a dark tower linchpin at some point? That's going to be the uh, the golden plunger or something. Yep, I, I would actually. Yeah, I mean, all this stuff kind of does. I mean, obviously the comics do, but yeah, even the books kind of they do tie in. Nice, hmm. a little, little bit. So this is the uh, this even is the, the kids omniverse. book actually the the pedo man omniverse. Yeah, yep. So yeah, actually, in Judy and her blue cape, she goes to a park, and uh, it's called Martha Armstrong Park. And then if you read Pedo Man Kid Friendly One, they go to that same park. So nice. it's all oh, that's oh, cool. So you're okay. So you're linking you're linking it the way Kevin Smith does. <laughs> This is this yeah. is less this is less of like you know uh, Father Marin showing up in the Dark Tower world in Book Five. It's more like oh no, Father Marin's the Exorcist. What was the, uh, Father Callahan? I think from uh, Salem's Lot. Uh, and he sh- you know this is more like uh, remember when we went to the mall? Well, uh, the, the, there is there is one character who had to go to a funeral, and uh, the the guy who died was also mentioned in this other movie, and they had to go to a funeral. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I just do little nods because yeah. I want to see. You know, I I'm assuming that eventually maybe a lot of people re- read my books and stuff, and yeah. I want I'd love to be like 80 years old at some comic con, and somebody's like, "Hey, you know, when you wrote this, was that that guy?" And I'll be like. Maybe it was, kid. <laughs> You'd be like, always wonder, kid. Yeah. <laughs> always wonder. Yeah, that no, that's that's super fun. I I, I love that kind of stuff. And uh yeah, I love Easter eggs. Easter eggs yeah. is my jam. Yeah. Um so yeah, even in Pedal Man One, uh he's sitting in his living room and on a shelf next to the TV is a stuffed squirrel and a porcelain angel. So it's like just stuff like that, little nods that only I get. Pretty much. So, your grandfather's pet squirrel. Did he also have superpowers? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a no. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I don't think he he was able to knock on a door. So like he would climb up on the door and legit like tap on it to get nuts from my grandpa. 
So, I mean, he knew some tricks at least. And his name, yeah, his name was Buddy as well. So, Mm -hmm. and actually, my grandmother who passed away a couple years ago, she is uh, Ginger Avengers' grandmother in the comics. Oh, cool. Yep. Took her house, her house, and everything is in it. Her kitchen. So it's that was uh that was one of the last things I told her before she passed away that I was going to do that. So that's That's awesome. That's awesome, man. She has to live on in uh in Ginger Avenger. I keep wanting to say the Ginger Avenger, but it's just Ginger Avenger. Yep. Ginger Avenger. The pedal man, the stingray. Whatever you want to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's as long as you read my shit, I don't care what you say. (laughs) Call it call it Chuck. I don't Sandy. I don't know. Uh just 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 read it. That's all. So that's awesome. Um I you know, I hope people check out your stuff. Uh, definitely cutthroatcomics.com is the website. Josh Neelis is the author, the writer, the mastermind, the architect of the Neelis verse, as it will someday be called. I'm confident. Um, That'd be great. I'll take that. So, uh, and, you know, that'll be when Michael Fassbender uh, agrees to be in uh, Ginger <laughs> Crusader or. He might have to put on some pounds, though. He'd, he'd have to bulk up, I think. But yeah, he could do Avenger. it. He could do it. Yeah. Uh, well, and, he, uh, and check out that first uh, first cover, uh, Retroid. See if you agree with me or not. Is uh, am I seeing things, or, or is it is that Jason Isaacs, or, or, or it's somebody? I think it's Fast Vendor. I, I, I kind of was thinking like uh, he was supposed to kind of look like Conor McGregor a little bit, but and he does a little, but not really that much. <laughs> That was the general idea, sort of, but uh, it doesn't really look like Connor that much. But any guy with that haircut and, and a beard is going to look pretty much exactly like that, I think. Yeah. I've seen like dozens of them at Comic Cons, and they, they don't think it's funny when I go, hey, I got a comic book with you in it. <laughs> oh, mostly well, frowns. Well, I mean, that's because likeness rights are a thing that they're, yeah. they're entitled to, if, if that's the case. Uh, right. But. Uh, yeah, uh, awesome stuff. So we also had talked. Uh, you're a big fan of of retro stuff as well, and uh, and I know that you did a little bit of a dive. I don't know if it was a deep dive, it was a dipping a toe in, but you did you did some research on YouTube and kind of refamiliarizing yourself with some cartoon shows of your. Um, obviously, that's something we love talking about. So, like, what what were some uh, some cartoon shows that and that you loved growing up and did any of them work their way into your writing? Oh, I'm sure they all probably have in their own way. Um, you know, you're influenced, influenced by everything that kind of happens in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, turtles and power Rangers and X-Men and Spider-Man and He-Man actually He-Man is directly influenced in my, uh, and <laughs> let's see the pedal man two or three, can't remember i have a character named blasphemer and he's an amish guy and when he raises his magic <laughs> magic wood above his uh head he turns into blasphemer um and we actually when he first does it like in his origin story we took the he-man i mean direct direct from the screenshot uh-huh. so uh-huh. and he looks just like he-man but he's amish he's got a pink shirt with the suspenders and a beard and, and the hat and I mean, it's so yeah it's uh especially in in that in that book and and a lot of my jokes are very family guy like hey what about that one time when this happened so oh, yeah 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 um, but it, yeah i mean i love cartoons 
lot. Yeah. I've yeah. been buying, even before I had a son, I've been buying the, the seasons and DVDs of all these cartoons, just knowing that one day I'd have a kid and I want to sit down and, and watch these cartoons with him. So when I have him, uh, which is about half the time, uh, at least one hour at the end of the night, we, we go get in bed and I let, I tell him, all right, pick out, you know, one of the retro cartoons and he does. And we watch it right now. We've been doing He-Man. Um, I'm hoping that it comes tomorrow. It's supposed to be here. I ordered Pawpaw Bears, the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. I yeah, absolutely remember the Pawpaw uh, Bears. I, I actually didn't know that was on DVD. Yeah, I finally, yeah, it hasn't been available for like ever. And then I'll, the other day I just looked and I was like, oh, it's 20 bucks. I'm buying that. So that's what we're going to start tomorrow. Awesome. Parenting done right, folks. There you have it. Yep. The Pawpaw Bears was, uh, that's a it deep was, cut. That that is a deep cut. That was kind of like when there were a bunch of things that were trying to emulate the Smurfs, and they were trying to like figure out other flavors of characters that were also three apples high, but not Smurfs. And they're like, "All right, well, we have the Pawpaw Bears, these tiny bears. They were all like Native American themed, and I loved how they had the uh, the big kaiju battle stuff because they had the the totem bear and totem yep. turtle and totem eagle or whoever they would like." awaken at the end of the episode and it had that that sort of ultraman feel where like and, and you know you know you knew that the last two minutes of the episode was going to feature giant like monster stuff and yeah i haven't i haven't seen it since i was a kid awesome neither so, have i just like a steel trap this I'm, is my brain I'm really excited uh another one i showed him was pirates of dark water oh which cool he, he, oh, might, he yes. might be a little young for that he didn't seem to enjoy that one as much yeah uh, the littles he really liked Okay, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Littles, yep. Um, uh, Denver, the last dinosaur, he didn't care for that <laughs> one, but I think he's still maybe just a hair young for that one. Uh, Denver, the last dinosaur, we've talked about on the show. It, it, uh, I don't think it ever lives up to its amazing theme song. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> sure. uh, he, he did like Dungeons and Dragons, if I remember. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. Smart kid. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else we've, we've <laughs> that's, been that's That's one of my all-time favorites, and I have... Uh, I have not shown that to my daughter. My daughter is 12 now. So she kind of like, there were certain ones I would show her and she would be happy to watch when she was younger. We went through DuckTales and um, a lot of gummy bears, but not like everything. Oh man, and my kid loved gummy bears when he was, you know, around two, three. Yeah. He's, he's six now. He had this little uh, fake acoustic guitar and he, he would walk around strumming on it just it's going gummy bears, gummy bears. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, he really loved that one. Yeah, that's a great show. That's a oh, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that is a uh, really great. Like, just it's the rare Disney adventure um, period piece. I mean, I'm really surprised more high, people high don't adventures. remember that one. Uh, oddly, I talk about it sometimes, and people have no idea. I was like, you don't remember that one? That one it, was great. It, it came before DuckTales. Though. Right, like it, right before, yeah. Yeah, so I think DuckTales hit so big, it just eclipsed Gummy Bears. And for yeah. some reason, uh, Gummy Bears is like the only one that never had an, a Nintendo game, which is the weirdest right. freaking thing, because oh, holy shit. crap, they would be they would be very gameable, those characters. And, yeah, and not for nothing, like, did you play DuckTales on the NES? Oh, uh, you mean the extremely hard game DuckTales? Yeah. Uh, okay, agree to disagree, but I, I love that game. <laughs> um, so I remember beating that game the day I got it. Like, I, oh, really? I, I, oh, I, I love, I love that freaking game. That is one of my classics. Yeah. But, but straight up though, they made Uncle Scrooge 
bouncy on his cane yeah um that makes no sense you know what it would have made sense for is a freaking gummy bears game <laughs> likely yeah if yep. the gummy bears they could have played exactly like uncle scrooge on his cane which makes no sense at all it's like if it was a tigger game okay if it was the gummy bears okay they're like no we're gonna make uncle scrooge bouncy it's wicked fun it totally works but it makes no sense but it's, oh it's man it's a great game i just always it, it is a great game it. it's a great yeah. game but oh man i wish i wish uh there was a gummy bears game but yeah that's that's a that's a good one but like i tried to show her gargoyles and she was she was into it like a little and then she kind of like just kind of fell off and i just kind of felt like she was a little bit too young for it and i i've been thinking about i really want to go back and try to watch uh gargoyles again with her she and, might be uh, that right age right now because that's yeah. that's about i think i was about 12 or so when that came out and uh we i think i had i don't know if i have all of it but i have at least the first couple seasons and i haven't sh- i didn't even i don't think i've even opened it yet because i was like he's, he's not ready yeah um centurions is another one that i haven't even made him watch okay. yet. oh yeah i vaguely remember centurions oh that was a good one um uh conan the adventure he he loves that one that's no, a, that's, a, that's a good see, one. i'm surprised he's not too young for that yeah he really likes that one a lot <laughs> for uh, probably more than i do actually which is weird i, I really love like, that one I like yeah that that's one a, a i love that show so good yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's really funny. Like later in life, I got way into Robert E. Howard and, uh, and he, uh, you know, of all the Conan stuff that has been made, like, you know, the Schwarzenegger films, there's also TV show, the Momoa film, you mm-hmm. know, all this stuff, <laughs> like the most true to the spirit of the Robert E. Howard stories is that cartoon. Is it really? Yeah. yeah like, I mean, it's, it's more for kids. They took right. out they took out all the raping and pillaging and you know all that <laughs> stuff. It's not brutal. Uh, it's for kids. But <laughs> that said, they they kept a lot of the world stuff, and it really like uh, like you know even even having the the evil god set and the fact that there was like an Egyptian sort of serpent man type uh, you know wizard that they were fighting Rathamon. Like that, none of that is exact to the stories, but it's all inspired by, and the serpent man stuff is all because, uh, so Conan in the stories didn't really fight serpent men. Really? I don't think he ever did, but Robert E. Howard wrote a ton of stories about serpent men and just, just disconnected stuff. He was really fascinated with the idea that humanity could, uh, evolve backwards, that they could devolve. And if a group of people, were separated and, you know, perhaps they were conquered and then they had, uh, you know, retreated into the hills or and then, you know, maybe deeper underground. And now it's been a couple generations or maybe more than a couple generations. They have regressed back down the evolutionary ladder and now they're serpent-like. He, he did this a lot. There's a story called Worms of the Earth where it's not a Conan story. It's, uh, it's uh, the main character's Brand Mac Morn, who is a, a picked and uh, he used the Picts a lot, which are like ancient peoples and uh, ancient Scot- Scotland. And uh, he, he, he loved genealogy and he loved figuring out what people were before they were what they are now. That You know, the, the Celts and the Gauls and the, the Picts and all this different stuff. And, and the Picts were in the Conan show as well. Um, and they had uh, tribes uh, that were based on, uh, that were named uh, after whatever animal was their like totem animal. So in the books, there would be like the, 
I don't know, like the, the mountain lion picks or something. I'm just making that up. So they made one up for the cartoon. There are, there are the Wolverine picks. So even though they made up that tribe of picks, it's the picks and it follows the rules and they have a name that's an animal. And it's like, there's a ton of stuff like that. And even like uh, Conan's buddy Zula, who uh, he's got the, the sign of Jabal Sag, the master of beasts. He talks to right. animals with that power. Jabal Sag, that name, that is a, uh, an animal spirit that was in one of the stories. Uh, hmm. So there's like a lot of like little stuff like that. Uh, oh, and the, uh, the, the very first Conan story ever written was uh, called uh, The Phoenix on the Sword. And uh, okay. we have the character Needle who is on his shield. But it's all sort of looking back to the source material where a lot of the stuff, including the Schwarzenegger movie, which is arguably the most popular of all the adaptations, really is like almost nothing like the, the character in the books. Uh, very, very different. He spent his whole life on a slave wheel. I mean, he, did, he didn't go adventuring until he was in his 30s, for God's sakes. I mean, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a, quite a while since I've watched. Uh, I, I think I have him downstairs, the, both the Schwarzenegger movies. And I, I remember loving them as a kid, even though I probably shouldn't have been watching them. But the second uh, one's okay to watch as a kid. <laughs> you know, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember which one's which. Uh, the second one's the is a lot goofier. It has a Wilt Chamberlain where he's like three feet taller. Than That's right. Yeah. Is, is that the one where they like swim into that weird castle with all the mirrors and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love that one. Yeah. So yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause the first one's. The first one's a little more uh, bare bones, kind of uh, like killing and sword fighting and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, didn't like, have like a yeah. lot of dialogue in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, it's only a, only a couple of characters in that first movie, but the, the big deal is, the, of course, the villain is uh, is uh, I think well, it's James Earl Jones plays. I'm trying to think of the character's name. I think it was Thothamon, and or or no, 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 it's Thulsa Doom. Thulsa Doom. Uh, Thothamon is the character that both Thulsa Doom and the cartoon Rathamon are actually based on. In the story, it was Thothamon. Uh, anyway, uh, that is just my particular fandom. I go down that hole. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, there. I guess but, so. Uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, that's another great one, though. That that is that is a great one. That uh, I think we we got to talk about Conan in, in one of our episodes in the past. But uh, I I love. I gotta just to pivot. You know, you mentioned it. The Advanced Dungeons and Dragons show is, well, I guess it wasn't called Advanced, but just Dungeons and Dragons. What an awesome show that is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super sad. It never got the ending other than that commercial a couple years ago or whatever. Yeah, no ending at all. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's, it was so good. I mean, even when I was a kid, I was like, this, this is amazing. Yeah. And I've never, I don't, is it, does it have anything to do with the game? I don't really, I've never played the game, like the tabletop game. So I really don't know anything about that. Yeah. I think it's I just more like the world, you know, there's uh, yeah. the ideas of uh, just high sorcery and uh, fantasy and, and stuff like that. I think, you know, uh, they're wizards and dragons and stuff. I mean, like I what I loved was, uh, I mean, the villain Venger voiced mm -hmm. by Peter Cullen of Optimus Prime fame, like, holy crap. He what a voice that guy has for villains. And he did not do many villains. I mean, his, he's primarily known for Optimus Prime and he was Eeyore for like 15 years. Right. Um, and and but he did this amazing villain, very layered villain. Uh, and I mean, visually, one of the coolest looking cartoon villains I think there are. I, I love Venger so much. 
and his horse was amazing. And I always thought it was a really neat choice that they, you know, they're like, all right, we're going to have this big demon dude ride this evil horse and, and he'll be able to fly. But the wings were his. Like any other combination of like evil guy on demon horse, it's the horse that has the wings. Yeah. So, so he's like really holding onto that horse. He's got some powerful <laughs> thigh muscles powerful going on. Powerful thighs. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> what I thought. Like, wow. He's wow, got that. Those are... <laughs> he's got that thigh master. Yeah. Going every he's night. Hold up that whole horse. And that was <laughs> that was a big horse. That was a that was like a demon horse thing. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the breed was, but it was uh it was big. So yeah, it's impressive. But uh I loved how Venger was really scary on his own, but he was really scared of Tiamat, the five-headed dragon, which was like a chaotic neutral character. Tiamat didn't like really give a shit. Tiamat was like a was like a tornado it was like a force of nature it wasn't really a i mean tiamat could speak and i remember it was female but didn't really factor into a lot of episodes it would just be like oh shit like it's godzilla like i don't know oh shit godzilla's sweeping through the city oh shit and it's like oh tiamat oh god damn it tiamat's gonna freaking break everything son of a bitch what can we do nothing like don't go over there tiamat's over there but if if the two of them were ever together Venger was like instantly would peace out. He's like, nope, whole lot of nope. Didn't matter like what he was trying to accomplish. If Tiamat showed up, it'd be like, nope, nope. I will, I will bid you all adieu. Have a nice evening. Well, and didn't didn't Venger end up being like Dungeon Master's kid or something like that? Yeah, there's there's like this. Um, I heard that the other day. I don't remember that in the show though. Uh, there was, uh, so I read this article that said that dungeon master is like, it's, I don't know if it was just a fan theory and there are clues or if they explicitly said it, I don't think they actually said it, but there's also this theory that, uh, Avenger is, uh, trans and that Avenger was originally uh, a girl who, uh, and it's because of this one episode where Avenger talks about his sister. And uh, you can read about it online. I'm going to get the thing wrong, but supposedly uh, the, 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 like the sister wanted to grow up and be different or something, but she's dressed just like him and all this stuff. And, and uh, so the theory goes that like, she didn't like, she didn't die. She became Venger and hmm. became a man, but Venger is wearing like, let's face it. <clears throat> a gown. Dress. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's just a dress. That is, those are not wizardly robes. That is just a dress. It has it has pleats. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, lots of lots of neat stuff, you know. And I remember the main episode I remembered from being a kid of that show was uh, that I remembered specifically being like like blown away. I re- I specifically remember my mother and I uh, we would record shows like that and sometimes uh, you know just random off off ones and have all, had all these tapes. I would rewatch stuff. And uh, there was this one episode that I remember that she was really impressed by. And that was weird. That didn't happen. <laughs> and she loved this episode that she happened to see with me. And I always remembered this. And I remember we watched it a bunch of times. And there was like this tower that they came to. And there was this skeleton guy. And he at first he seemed like he was uh, an enemy. And then it turned out he was sympathetic. But then at the very end, it turned out that he was like this ancient warrior who had quested to this tower just like they were now and uh 
and he had been trapped by it. So it was almost like the boatman, you know, Charon, the cursed boatman on the river sticks. Like he's, he's cursed to do this forever. Uh, you know, sort of a thing. So like, it was, it was just deeper than your average, like eighties cartoon. Like well, this, my favorite episode is the one where, uh, what's his name? Ranger. Is it Ranger to do with the shield? Uh, uh, the Cavalier. 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 Cavalier gets turned into that frog-looking creature. Oh, yes. yes. I mean, that's also oh, yeah. kind of a deep thing, because that yeah. whole one was about vanity and stuff. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great when, you know, you can write a good story and have some type of, you know, even if you don't pick up on it directly, it's the message is still there. I mean, much like X-Men, you know, how it's all about race and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the content is there, even though you're not just saying like, hey, by the way, this is about black and white people, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> So yeah, I, or Nazis I, and, and Jews like and stuff like yeah, yeah. No, I mean allegory. I mean that's yep. that's what it is, you know. So I mean X Men is like the best allegory in comics. I mean, just period. There's 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 just nothing that comes close. It's just uh, it's it's an amazing way of telling that story in a totally different way. Um, and there is so much that so many different people can relate to, and stuff. So I mean that's that's you know that's X Men. But yeah, I mean the show definitely definitely tried for shades of that for sure um were you into like uh like batman the animated series was that your bag or were you more an x-men x-men guy um yeah i i liked you know because i'm i'm 39 now so when all that stuff hit you know in the early 90s that was i was at that age Mm -hmm. uh so x-men batman spider-man power rangers uh, I'm trying to remember what all was on. Eat the Cat was on at that time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Well, Freakazoid was on at that time. Oh, Freakazoid, brilliant uh, superhero comedy. Yeah. Uh, also, Earthworm Jim was on around Earthworm that time. Jim. Only, yeah. only got yeah. like a season or two. That was a really funny show. I really yeah, love that I've, show. I've got that one in there. We watched it a little bit, um, and those games are awesome as well. So they're groovy. Yeah, groovy. <laughs> Um, did you, were you a fan of the tick? Yes. Uh, and Pedal Man is very, very tick as well, but yeah, I love, uh, we've got, we've got a couple seasons of that too. I don't know how many we have. Um, and my kid is like, actually his very first comic book was the free comic book day, uh, tick number one. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. I love the tick. Yeah. Uh, the tick's amazing. And, uh, did you, did you get to see any of the, uh, the newer, like, uh, Amazon Prime show that they did a couple years ago. Uh, I watched season one, and what they did is season two, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, they did, yeah. There's two. Yeah, it's it's in my uh, watch list or whatever. I just haven't got to it. I recently switched. I canceled my Directv, and now I have all streaming services. So I'm mm-hmm. now I'm trying to catch up on literally everything ever made. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm watching uh, Eastbound and Down right now. So ah, uh, cool. Um, yeah, th- well, if you have Disney Plus, I mean, all of DuckTales, all of Gummy Bears, all of Gargoyles, uh, yep. and also the new DuckTales, which I am a huge fan of. Uh, I watched, but there are two seasons on there right now, uh, unless it's three, but I think it's two. Yeah, I think it's two with a third season coming. Uh, and I watched all of that with my daughter, and, and we we enjoyed it quite a bit. It's, it's more uh, serialized storytelling than the old show was, but man, it really... It's like I said with Conan, like it's really looking at that source material and it is really like doing its own thing, but 
paying very careful attention to what came before. And uh, I, I, I love it. I really love that new. That's the one that just came out what a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. I, I think a few I think, years ago. I say, yeah, yeah. I, I think that last season was the third season, but it hasn't hit Disney plus yet. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And Disney had, I mean, just a great run of cartoons there for quite a while with, yeah. uh, with that. And of course, uh, tailspin rescue Rangers and quack pack even. Um, yeah. Those are all on there. Yeah. Some of those cartoons, I think I was in like third grade and I'd come home from school and there was like straight two hours. It was four shows in a row. It was, it was like DuckTales, Tailspin, yeah, Rescue Rangers and Darkwing Duck, maybe something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, right like there. Disney afternoon. Yeah. Yep. It was yeah. awesome. And what's great is, um, you know, you were talking earlier about Easter eggs. You love Easter eggs. That new DuckTales show has a ton of Easter eggs and some of them turn into uh, some of them are not Easter eggs as much as seeds. And then they blossom later. You know, it's yep. like, it's, it's pretty fun, but there's one character. I mean, I mean, sorry, no, there's one episode I meant to say uh, where they actually um, the gummy bears, I don't think are ever going to be in it, but I mean, like the great book of gummy was referenced and oh, gummy nice. berry juice was, was like in it. So <laughs> it's like they didn't call it that, but that is what it was. That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> and that was just the greatest. And they've fully, full on, like connected it with Darkwing. And I think there's going to be a uh, a Darkwing show. I think they said that they were going to spin off of the new Ducktales. Uh, Darkwing Duck. Uh, for a long time, I I went around saying that was my favorite cartoon ever. I think it's kind of fallen down the list as nostalgia is taking over. I think Thundercats is probably number one now. But uh, yeah, Gizmo Duck is an underrated character. I mean, oh yeah, He's my I've got, I've got yeah. the pop Funko over there of Gizmo Duck, and it's, I never it's, found him. I never found him, and I never ordered him online. But I did really want. The, I have, I have a few uh, Duck pops, though. Um, yeah. I have, I have Darkwing and and Scrooge and stuff. But um, yeah, I want. I really wanted that that Giz, Gizmo Duck. He's great. Yeah, I think I had no interest in Funko Pops, and then I saw that one, and I was like, "Ah, I gotta get that one." I mean, they <laughs> yeah, don't have Gizmo Duck stuff, so yeah, yeah. He doesn't stand up so well, though. But that's alright. Ah, uh, well, he's got the wheels. Yeah, he's got the wheel. <laughs> You'd think yeah. they would have given him like a really solid base to you know make up for that. Nah, why would they do that? Cost extra money, <laughs> right? That's that's pretty cool, though. I mean, that's 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 good shit. And I mean, they uh, they have they have gargoyles pops too that are great. Uh, I don't know if you saw the new uh, the new Neca Goliath. Oh they, yeah, uh, I think looks sweet. I I didn't get it because it was on pre order, and I'm I'm getting ready to move. Like as soon as I find a house to buy, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna move. So that's I'm not doing any pre orders right now for that reason. Good, good. Because I don't want I don't want you know old man yeah. rivers to buy my house and then get my gargoyle you know yeah. six months later <laughs> right yeah. yeah but uh yeah, yeah that thing looks sweet i i do want to get because i collect vintage toys and th- that line is on my i have a list on my fridge of like all these toys but man those things are kind of hard to find it seems like you mean like the old gargoyle gar- yeah uh, yeah toys yeah they, they weren't yeah, they, they weren't that great though I, don't, I thought they were cool this this kid that like hung out with my parent like my my parents' friend's kid who was, I don't know, he was like four or five or something at the time. And I was like 13 or 12 or something. He had all of them. And I was like, mm. dude, these are awesome. <laughs> um, so I would play with them. But uh, so I never had them myself, but I always thought they were pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, specifically Lexington, because I have family 
in Lexington. So I've always thought he was the coolest one. I uh, I didn't have him. I had I had a handful of them. I was really disappointed with Xanatos in his uh, gargoyle armor, which they didn't even bother to paint red. Hmm. They later released a different version of it, and it was red. But I I remember being so disappointed. So actually, what I'm hoping is that the Goliath figure sells well, and they're they're like, okay, we'll do a few more. And even though I probably will buy all of them. The one I'm hoping the most for is Xanatos in his in his red gargoyle yes. armor. Because, I, I think they have, yeah. they've kind of hinted at it already. I think I, that they're uh, gonna... I mean that 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 design is that just look, yeah, it looks sweet. The best sure. uh, to, to today. Like I'll see it. Like some of those episodes were animated so incredibly well. It's like movie quality episodes. Some of them. Yeah, you know, because they put out so many in such a short amount of time that they weren't all done by the same studios. So, like, especially season two. Season two has like, uh, like fifty something episodes or something crazy. Well, I mean, it's a great show because not only you know did it take place you know in nineteen ninety one or wherever it came out, but then they were they were also able to go back you know yeah. two or three hundred years and do all those stories too. So you could get a nice mm-hmm. mix of this and that. And then, yeah, I remember I forget the name of the like evil coyote people or whatever, where they all had wolf oh, names. The pack. Or something. The pack. Yeah. I mean, that was great, too. I was like, that's awesome. They all have their own cool dog code names. I mean, that's as yep, a kid, yep. you're like, that's cool. I'm going to like that one, you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Right, right. Yeah, and I thought it was so freaking awesome. They had uh, one of them, uh, Wolf, was voiced by Clancy Brown, who also voiced this, like, nameless Viking guy in the original first episode, who huh. died in that first episode. And like there was a, and I was, but I'm always keyed into voice actors and I'm like, Clancy Brown is the fucking man. So I always, I always hear Clancy Brown. I'm like, yeah, the Kurgan best Lex Luthor, Clancy freaking Brown. So anyway, so then he, he shows up and he's like, oh, he's Wolf. And I'm like, oh, cool. Clancy Brown again. And, uh, and so <laughs> later they had an episode and they linked the two. They said that Wolf was descended from Vikings and they actually had the ghost of his ancestor who was also voiced by Clancy Brown in the same. I'm like, are you flipping kidding me with this? Like the level of detail on that show and the thoughtfulness on that show, it's just unparalleled. I, gargoyles. We talk about gargoyles a lot on this show. We're all big fans. That show is, is easily one of my favorite cartoon shows. Yeah. Time. I mean, we yeah. talk about gargoyles, like even off the show. <laughs> we just love that show. So we much. love it. We love it. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm excited to when my kid gets just a little bit older, where he'll like that one. Yeah, I, I'm hoping my daughter. Uh, we we talked about it recently, and I was like, "Oh, I remember that when we started." And she's like, "Yeah, I did like that." And you know, now it's been yeah, like did, uh, probably I three, did. four years, and I'm like, "Did you though? <laughs> I <know>. Did you really?" <laughs> yeah, Sometimes I, did, I think uh, she just humors me, and she's like, "Yeah, sure, Dad, sure." And she's right; <laughs> she's going to be a teenager, and so I'm like, you know, I. I, I probably don't have a lot more years left of this. Right. Cause 13 is going to hit real soon. And she'll be like, um, I just hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, so wait, I thought we were going to watch gargoyles. And she's like, are you talking to me? <laughs> That's not a TikTok. <laughs> I can't watch that. <laughs> oh man. Good stuff. Well, this has been fun, Josh. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, I hope people check out your stuff. Uh, Retroids, please go to 
cutthroatcomics.com. Check out the new book, Hellscape. Check out all the sick comics that, that are available in the shop. There's a lot of, a lot of fun stuff there. And those, hey, if you're small enough, and what, what sizes T-shirts did you have again? Uh, a, a handful of larges and maybe like one or two mediums. Like $8.99. And they're not black. So that's a bargain. Is that, it's a bargoon. Get, get yes. yourself a T-shirt and some comics and, and you have yourself a good day. Josh, is there anything else you want to say before, uh, before we hit the road? Uh, yeah. I mean, if anybody hears this, please follow us on all the social media things. It's pretty easy to find. You guys are smart. You know how to do it. I don't need to list them all. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if you see something on the website, please pick it up because COVID destroyed my business. <laughs> I need money to pay for things. So, uh, I would much appreciate it. Um, and I do sign, you know, all the books and stuff as I sell them. So they come signed automatically, which makes them worth about 50 cents more than, than what you paid for them. Boom. Nice. Love that. Yeah. We, we, Instant you know, equity. you know, we're, we're a big proponent <laughs> of supporting indie artists and creators and, uh, and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're one of those. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's awesome stuff. Looks really great. I certainly, uh, will be checking out some of the stuff. These, uh, I, I really, uh, I really do like the look of your stuff here and I'm not just blowing smoke, uh, really cool stuff. Uh, once again, man, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for coming on this episode of the brig, uh, which I neglected to say earlier, uh, to your face i said it before usually usually I, I do this whole like not funny thing that only i find funny but like i said like i said if you know as long as you're writing comedy for an audience of one and that audience is finding it funny then it's 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 worthwhile you know you're writing comedy and i usually say like yeah the the guests stumbled their drunken ass down the steps and slammed the door and in, in, in the brig and i play this sound effect thing and i i literally think nobody cares but me and i'm amused by it and I have to do the extra like work in post to add the sound effect. So I feel like it's worth it because, <laughs> because I enjoy it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't even need anybody else to enjoy it. It's fine. I mean, that's what's most important. Right. I mean, that's what I think. So, uh, so now I'll just, uh, now that I've mentioned that you stumbled your drunken ass and now I'll let you out of the bridge. So now I gotta, every time I say it, I gotta play the sound effect. So, like, I'm gonna, I'm literally creating more work for myself every time I say the brig. Every time you say brig, sucks. Brig, bullshit. The brig, the brig. So, so many, so many. Um, at least it's all at the end. All right. Uh, well, we'll call that a show. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we will see you guys next time.